straight, straight, through fasting. Yes. One, two. Pastor Debbie, one, two, three, four, five. I see little of that five of us. So let's quickly go to the point and uh, talk about this fasting so that when next we see ourselves fasting, it's going to be a true one. It's not going to be something that we are doing just because we want to know people. They want people to know that we are fasting. Amen. It's going to be a true one. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when I was reading through this, I too was not here when it was treated. I was yes, on holiday. Was on holiday too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put our hands together for <laughs> At least she can go on holidays too, because if she's not on holiday, she will be in prayer meeting. Yes. You know. <laughs> but I was watching it online too. Okay. So I was mightily blessed. But when I was looking at this and I was saying, mm, this looked like um, when the Bible talk about. Our righteousness should exceed that of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Because these people, they know God. And they want to draw closer to God. They have a zeal like most of us have. And most of their zeal could be seen in their outward manifestation. Whereas God looks at the heart as confirming First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Say, men look at the outward appearance, but God looks into the heart. These people do the normal sacrifice. They humble themselves with ashes and all that. How does the symbol of fasting in the olden days? Like we too can do the fast. We can come to church. We can be, you know, be in the choir. We can be in the different uh, departments, and we don't miss it. But when we now want to hold God ransom, we say, "Oh, we will hold God with our fast." Whereas these people, when they are fasting, they were by bouncing. They were talking behind people's back. They were slandering. They were quarreling. They were striving. There was jealousy going on, envy going on. And that's likewise, if we look at ourselves, we're wondering, why is it that I'm doing all these sacrifices? Why is it that I'm reading all the Bible studies? Why is it that I pray every day? I come to church every day, which is good. But God is not answering me. If we look at ourselves inwardly and want to be sincere with ourselves, we will know that oh, we have contravened God's words. So, in other words, God wants our righteousness to exceed that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they do it externally and their inner man is not clean. So, if you want to draw closer to God and want the fasting that God wants to accept, then it needs to be done with a clean hands and a pure heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isaiah 58 is mainly on fasting. Uh, The Israelites wanted to know God, but their ways were not right. So the focus is on fasting and the right way to go about it. Now, from according to Isaiah 58, when we fasting, they should be consecrated unto God. When we fast. We should consecrate ourselves unto God. And we separate ourselves apart unto God. And we should not be doing our own thing as much as possible. Our world, if we, of course, we have to go to work and all that. But even while we're working, we can be praying and just meditating on the scriptures. Praise the Lord. And those of all that are work managers or if you're, if you're a business owner, you have workers working for you. 
You should not exploit your workers or speak harshly to them. That is the time you should show kindness to them. And as Pastor mentioned, you should not quarrel or um, be in strife. I've noticed that when I fast, I do a lot of fasting. When I do, I've come to realize that Satan will steal up everyone around me. You know, so I, during that time, I want to just be alone, quiet when I come to church. I just want to quickly finish up and go home because I've realized that Satan, you just want to attack you. So when we fast, we should be conscious of that. Because the moment Satan gets you to be vexed and angry, then your fasting has sort of been wasted. So we should be very careful of that. Um, if we fast, if we look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it talks about um, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good. So during the time of fasting, what happens? The Holy Spirit, when we are consecrating ourselves to God, the Holy Spirit of God come upon us, and that is the time we should go about doing good. What should we do? We should help people with needs in the church or in our immediate environment. We should help them. We should give out clothes to the needy, help people both spiritually and physically. But what are the benefits of fasting? These are all set out in, sorry, my manager quickly finish up. The benefits of fasting are all set out in verses 8 to 12 of Isaiah 58. Number one, if you, are, if you have health issues, then fast. So your health and healing will break forth. Then your righteousness will go before you, and God will be your rare reward. You will call, and God will answer. You will cry for help, and God will help you. Just about rounding up now. Say, the Lord will guide you always and satisfy your needs. God will strengthen your frame. When I'm feeling weak, that's the way I restrain myself by seeking the Lord. And what happened? You will be like a well-watered garden. I know what it means. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I will give you time to come and pour your heart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That what he's trying to tell us is the result of good fasting. You understand? When you fast in the right way, things will happen around you. The light will shine around you, around your dark life, and God Himself is responding. So that's what he's trying to tell us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And one of the things I find in this Isaiah 58 um, is that first and foremost in verse 1, um, Isaiah was instructed by God to shout it out loud and, to, and not to hold back, to raise his voice like a trumpet. I, God actually wants the people to listen to what Isaiah is about to say, to shout it loud like a trumpet. To, because Isaiah actually wants to admonish them. So God asked him to lift up his voice. This is just to arouse all parts of their bodies to know that what Isaiah is about to speak is very, very important. Like our Father and the Lord to always tell us, especially when he wants to draw attention to some things or to admonish us or to do away with evil or to do good, he will say, everybody, lift up your, lift up your face and look at me, drop your pens. So the same thing is what Isaiah actually does here. Again, so in verse, um, six, verses 6 to 7, stipulates the types of fasting, the kind of fasting, the proper mode of fasting God wants us as believers and as children to, of God to undergo. Examples is to follow, exa- to follow love, sharing food with the hungry, not to exercise unjust authority over the oppressed, not to oppress people, but instead to always love people. God said, before you can accept their fasting, they should always do some of these things, all these things. Then Pastor Yedekwe actually expanded and enlightened us more on 
what we should do, the kind of fasting God delights in, some of which are to turn from evil, to do good, to identify our evil ways, and so on. So in conclusion, I learned that we should continually delight to put into practice the true fasting God Almighty wants. Some examples, true fasting should lead and continually lead us to be humble before God. We should delight more in God. We should respect others. We should continually be at peace with others, become better people. In addition, apart from worldly, apart from outwardly worshipping of God, we must worship Him with a right heart and with a clean heart in spirit and in truth. Even our Lord Jesus Christ actually also expansiates in Matthew 6, 6, 16, that we should follow instructions of what our Lord Jesus Christ stipulated in there. As always, our heart should always be nearer to God. We should also see the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 15, 8-9, when our Lord Jesus Christ was speaking on what defies a man. So we should know that there are so many things that cannot go together with fasting. Example, you should not engage in evil things. Like mommy would say, backbiting from biting should not be a bad part of us. So may we always do away with evil. May we continually have the minds of Christ and let the Holy Spirit of the living God guide every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Uh, my taking is coming from the um, Isaiah um, 58 verse 9 that says, Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. And for me, this takes me to the book of Acts 14, 23. When we fast in the right way, this is what God says will happen. It's just the same way if we say we want to lose weight. If we don't apply the right things at the right time, even though we say we are losing weight, but we are still not doing our actual method on what we so want to do, we still go back on hiding on those weight. It also goes the same way in the things of God. So what is the purpose of fasting? Our purpose of fasting is to take our eyes off of the things of this world, instead to focus on God. Fasting is a way for us to demonstrate our, our love for God and for ourselves that we are serious in relationship with God. It's not about ourselves. It's about God. And when we do fast, it's about seeking the face of God. And by doing that, it brings us closer to God. And it helps us to have intimate relationship with God. And we're able to demonstrate who we are. And I think when we do fast as well, God kind of rely on us and depend on us. And he reveals things to us that matter to him. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to touch on Isaiah 58. Um, The very opening statement really sort of resonated with me. Okay, did you put up your hand? Yes, I did. Ah, because I didn't see this number five. Okay, then. Go on, go on. Come up, come up so I can see you. Come here. Don't go and stay there. So, um... Just the opening statement uh, signifies the importance of speaking the truth. Um, Isaiah, he shouted aloud and he did not hold back. So what I got out of that was that it's really important that the word of God is defended and there's a relevant lesson that is to be learned for the church of of God to speak up against all manner of false teachings, rebellion and sin that we see in various churches today. 
Um, I also touched on chapter, Revelation chapter 2, which talks of the errors, sins, and rebellions of the seven churches. Now, this is really significant because if a prophet like Isaiah does not exist to say what is true, then these churches will never be held to account for what they do. So it's really important that in the body of Christ, in this house, there has to be prophets like Isaiah who will be risen up so that we continually speak against you know, false prophets. We continually speak against rebellion, but most importantly, to preserve the word of the Lord because at the end of it, you know, people do perish because of lack of knowledge, and we need to make sure that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we hold ourselves to account to the word, but also hold others when we know what is wrong. And to, to just summarize, when I read right at the end of Revelation chapter 2, verse 29, it says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So... Uh, prophet Isaiah did a thing in his time so we need to think who are we in this time will we be bold enough to stand up and and speak against those who do wrong no matter what even not to you know sort of try to make people feel good about themselves but to speak simply because it is the truth amen If this place is not full, you don't have the right to go and sit at the corner there. Everybody must come here. I want to see all your faces. You don't sit in the cage. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll be taking my contribution from Isaiah 58 verse 2. He said, For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of his God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. And what um, a pastor told us on, on Tuesday when we had this discussion was that the people, their, their decisions and their mind were self-centered. Their fasting was, was self-centered, not God-centered. They wanted to receive from God, but they, and they left the place of obedience. So they, they had a wrong state of mind. Your mind was, oh God, I want you to do this for me, but I don't want to do what you asked me to do. So they forgot that there are conditions for God's blessing. And um, he said in uh, verse 4b, he said, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. So God is seeking for people that will fast with, with, with the right heart. With the right motive, as Apostle said, the first thing that you have to, when you're fasting, is to consecrate yourself to God. As in um, Psalm 18, verse 25, it said, To the faithful, you will show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you will show yourself blameless. So if you come in a, with a state of mind that one, we want to, we want to seek the fear of God, we want to consecrate ourselves to God, then God will show himself faithful. But if we have the wrong motive that we just want to receive from God what we want from God, and we don't do, want to do what God says. The, God said that such fasting, it will not hear. And we pray that, pray that God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's put our hands together for people that have contributed. Amen. This is a very wonderful topic. But I'll just point so that we can go to the next item tonight. God was concerned about the type of fasting. There is a right fasting, that's the wrong fasting. 
and we have explained them all in our contribution. Hence he said to them, and said to Isaiah, to shout it loud and do not hold back. And thank God for the obedience of Isaiah. So God has raised many Isaiah today to continue to shout this out today to the people of God. And as we talk to them, may the Lord make them to listen in Jesus' name. We must shout from our, our home. We shout, not that you are shouting for people outside, then your home is being neglected. Let let's this holy shout comes from our home so that we can be teaching. From our, when we teach our people, our children, the right thing to do, then they will be able to know what to do. It must start from our home, the church as well, so that I can teach people the right fasting. One of the things that you contributed as well that was written here, he says here in that we said, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. So we must always note this because there is tendency for us to be preaching, 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 preaching about this fasting and people are not taking it on board. So when you begin to see people fast and they do as they please on that day, you know, the Lord will grant us the wisdom to be able to let them know that this is not true fasting because God is revealed to us in this, in this scripture. I wrote here, what is, the, what is the cause of their rebellion? Or what was their rebellion? Because he asked them and said, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion. And to the descendants of Jacob their sins. What is the cause of their rebellion and what is the cause of their... He said they were only religious. Their standards were to be religious. In this church, you know that we really serve God. Uh, Monday prayer meeting, Tuesday prayer meeting, Wednesday prayer meeting. There is tendency for us just to be running elter skelter and just be religious. And uh, not knowing the reason why we do all these things. But God was telling us that, go tell these people. Yes, thank God for the man of God, Apostle William, that, has really, that is leading us. And is really, really leading us well, sincerely from his heart. He's doing the right thing. And we want to emulate that good part of him. So let's not be religious alone, but make sure that everything we are being taught, we are doing it right. Because God was angry with them. And that is one, the only thing that he picked up here is Eber fasting. He's talking about the people because they keep on being rebellious, they keep on doing wrong, wrong things, but he picked up their rebellion, especially in fasting, in the way they act to people. It's not only when we are fasting. Wickedness must be taken away from us, not only when we are fasting. Because he started to mention the, the, their, their sin. He said, your fasting end up in quarreling and strife. You might not be fasting, but you are quarreling, keeping malice, jealousy. Being too proud, because that's one of the things that I've, God has been telling me to look in the life of people recently. People are so proud, and they don't know that they are proud. Do you understand? Pride. Allowing pride to, to, to rule you over. You, 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 you are the big person all the time. The small one, you cannot respect them. The small cannot respect the older one. So it's not only fasting, because God was angry about them, but he was just using fasting here. To be able to demonstrate that even when you say you want to keep yourself holy before me, you still do all this rubbish thing. But if we, if we do the right and the true fasting, as her sister was mentioning, from that was it. You begin to see God, what God said they, they will become. He said you will be... Uh, uh, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear when you do the right fasting that is working accordingly according to the way of the lord things will begin to happen in your life 
Look at what happened to the children of Israel when they were crossing the Red Sea. The pillar of cloud was leading them. The pillar of, uh, of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night was leading them. God will send his angels concerning you when you do the right thing in God. Let's not just put our head on in fasting, fasting. But what God is telling us is that we should prepare ourselves and make sure that our, our lifestyle represents God. Let the way we live, let it reflect God on a regular basis. Let people know that the light of God is in us. Amen. And with this light, we can ref- reflect it on a daily basis. He said you will be like a well-watered garden. That is, they will be fruitful. A well-watered garden is always fresh and green, always looking glorious. You will look glorious, even from inside. The Lord himself will reveal from inside. When people look at you, they begin to see the righteousness of God demonstrated in you. People will love you. People want to come near you. It's not because you are General Vassia's wife, or it's not because you are one of the elders' wife, or it's not because you are one of the administrators, or because you are a dickiness, or you are in the choir. No, 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 no. The glory of God will be reflected like never before. Because God himself will be transparent in your life. And people could see that this woman or this man of God is really serving God. May the light of God shine through us. So that we can be that that God is. So you will become repairers of, of broken walls. There are many people that have problems all around. You will be someone that can bring solution to people's life. That is what he's saying to us here. So our lifestyle is what we should identify here. Whether fasting or while we are not fasting. A lifestyle should represent God. Then here, towards the end, he now talks about Sabbath. I love Isaiah. He's been mentioning this Sabbath day all the time. In our last, uh, in our last lecture, we looked at uh, Sabbath day as well. And he said towards the, that verse 13, he said, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath day, that is making the Sabbath day holy, and from doing as you please on my holy day, Doing as you please, you don't want to come to church. I've been there Monday to Friday. What has happened to me? I've been there on Saturday, evangelism. What has happened to me? Keeping the Sabbath day holy. You don't see that. Oh, no, no, no. I can flip through the television. There are many channels. So we can watch. On Sunday, they're supposed to come and fellowship and work with God. That is the main day. Also, God rested the day that you're supposed to rest. That's not the time that you are going from one house to the other. You're supposed to leave church. You know, when I was actually reading this, you know what God said to me? People are taking Sunday to be partying now. So when we leave church, they arrange their party to be Sunday. We are all guilty of this thing, including myself. You understand what I'm saying? Because somebody invites on a Sunday to come to party, you will go. But you know what's supposed to happen on a Sunday? When I was reading this, Sunday after the service, you are all supposed to go home. Papa said, when you finish what you do, we say go home. Supposed to sit down with your family. Or if you don't have anywhere to go, invite people to your house. If you are good in that area, then that is the time that we relax and discuss the word of God. Discuss, relax, thank God for home groups and everything. That is what sometimes to just meditate on God, all thinking about God, all the Bible that uh, uh, passages the, the man of God has given to us. We go back home, we relax, we settle, we read them over and over again. But we are busy. Uh, start going from one end to the other, that is the day we have to do some shopping. May the Lord forgive us. So that's the reason why we are reading this. When I read this again, the Lord opened my eyes and opened my mind 
you know, like when Jesus met the, uh, the, 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 the disciples, the two at, uh, on, on the way to Emmaus, he, he opened their eyes, their, their hearts were open. So let our eyes be open to this. Let's not put our party in on Sunday anymore. You know, I don't know how it's going to be very easy because maybe that's the time that you have slot wherever you are using, but the Holy Ghost will teach us by Himself. This is, I have conviction in this that we need to go home. And Sunday is not the time that people are lining up to see Apostle again. Are you listening to me? It's not Sunday. We can catch him in church. No. Because of his nature, that's not the time to catch him. He's supposed to go home too and, you know, speak to God, discuss with his family. Sunday is not the day that you engage other people. And then it's like, okay, we are coming to ask you. And the next thing, if you are not very careful, the next thing that happens is gossip. It's supposed to be kept holy. So as I keep on reminding us, because if you look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 3, it says God rested on that, on that seventh day. May we find rest on Sabbath day in Jesus' name. He said if you call the Sabbath day, uh, if you call the Sabbath day a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, Underline that going your own way. There are times we go on our own way. Let this word be reminded by us again and again uh, and uh, re- remind us to do good and to keep the customer daily. And not doing as you please or speaking, or speaking idle words. You see? Even from the beginning, we know that Sunday sometimes people talk careless words. That's the time they go film or you show film in your house and then you do all this Nigerian film or African film that you watch. We have to be very careful because sometimes they make you to bring out wrong words. Then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the height of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. May his mouth speak right things to us. May we receive right words from his mouth. But if we involve Sunday in doing rubbish thing, his mouth will speak real punishment to us. Like we saw in the beginning that we should be told. And declare the rebellion of his people. What are the rebellion? If you don't keep the Sabbath day holy, because the word says that, says that in, in the commandment that he gave to us, then it's part of the rebellion. May the Lord forgive us, even when we find ourselves in this uh, uncalled for uh, rebellion. I wrote here, the Sabbath day is a day, oh, there we see, it's a day to rest and keep holy. God rested on the seventh day. When we are obedient to this command, then he will be our delight and we find favor before him. In every way. In Jesus name. May God help us to do all these things. So that our light will shine in the midst of darkness. In Jesus name. I wrote some points here. I really want us to write this down. Because I know that there is no way I can teach this tonight. But these are the points from another point that I wrote. From Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 reveals the light. The right fasting. Or fasting that pleases God. And uh, when you look at Matthew chapter 6, just for your, uh, if you want to treat the topic on, Isaiah, on fasting now, you know where to go to. So, at Matthew chapter 6, 16, verses 16 to 18, 
also talk about the right fasting. We advise that when we fast, we must not be like the hypocrites. That's what that Matthew says. With exactly what Isaiah is saying here. With a sad countenance. People disfigure their faces to prove to, to men that they are fasting. And fasting should not be like that. That's what the book of Matthew chapter 6. You can write it against Isaiah 58 chapter 6, 16 to 19 says. Fasting. Matthew chapter 6 verse 18. And prayer. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6. That is fasting in the same Matthew. Chapter 6 verse 18. And fasting and prayer in the same Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 is a good deed before the Lord. Fasting goes with prayer. Can't be fasting all day and then you don't pray. You must fast and do what? And pray. So when you read that Matthew chapter 6 verse 6, it talks of prayer. When you read that Matthew chapter 6 verse 18, it talks about fasting. So fasting and prayer is a good deed before the Lord. Wrote here, fasting is an in ancient times was practiced. Look at the days that fasting is practiced in ancient times. The Bible recorded this. Fasting is practiced on the day of atonement, which afflicts your soul. I want us to go and read that. That you can see it from the from the book of Leviticus, chapter sixteen. Verses 29 to 31. Then Leviticus, same chapter 23, 27 to 32. Talking about fasting. In ancient days, fasting is practiced on the day of atonement, which afflicts your soul. And you can see that in the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, 29 to 31, for a slow writer. Then you can also see it in the book of same Leviticus 23, 27 to 32. Also, fasting in ancient times was practiced as a sign of mourning. As a sign of mourning. Example, 1 Samuel chapter 31, because I'm going to ask you when we come next week, this is what we are going to look into before we go to the next. 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 13. Practice as a sign of mourning. 1 Samuel 31, verse 13. Esther chapter 4. Verses 1 to 3. Fast, fasting in ancient times practiced as a sign of mourning. Fasting is also practiced as an act of personal or corporate repentance. It's practiced as an act of personal or corporate repentance. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6. And Daniel chapter 3, chapter 9, verse 3, 3 to 19. is practiced as an act of personal or corporate repentance. 
fasting is also practiced as a means of gaining God's attention on behalf of suffering or sickness. Gaining God's attention on behalf of suffering or sickness. That you can see Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 16 to 23. It's practiced as a means of gaining God's attention on behalf of suffering or sickness. Second Samuel chapter 12, 16 to 23. Before we start next week, by His grace, you are going to tell us this story because they are need to know. Amen. Because one of the attention that God placed, example that God placed on Isaiah's uh, heart here is fasting. And that's why we must look critically into it. Fasting in ancient times was also practiced in a critical time of decision making. In a critical time of decision making. Second Chronicles chapter 20 1 to 18. You must read all this when you get to his assignment. Esther chapter 4, verse 16. As a decision making, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Or, I will not get, I can repeat it if you want me to repeat it. In Fasting is also in a critical time of decision making. Second Chronicles twenty one to eighteen. Esther chapter four verse sixteen. First Chronicles chapter seven verse five. Or lastly, verse 6, number 6. Fasting is also practiced as a natural result of urgent prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 5. And the same 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. I wrote here, Jesus encouraged his disciples to fast and pray so that they will not enter into trouble. Fasting too must be erect. Thank God for this church, Christ with Abanaku. Every first, second, and third we fast. Patronize, we fast. Thank God for putting that in the heart of the man of God. Let us make it a practice at least to take one day and fast. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Jesus encouraged his disciples to fast and pray so that they would not enter into trouble. When he was, uh, excuse me. <coughs> Amen. And he also fasted for 40 days. We know that story. To prepare for his ministry. So is God leading you to doing something? Or leading you to do something and leading you to fast, you can't fast. It's not because people are doing general fasting, like the competition that people start to do recently, or days gone by. People fast for 60 days, then this church is hearing 
they fast 60 days, it has become competition. Then we are doing 100 days fasting. Fast fasting is not like that. Let's do it Jesus' way. And the Lord will help us. We do fasting Jesus' way. Jesus fasted for 40 days to prepare for his ministry. He said the Spirit led him. You have just heard about the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead us. You know, if you are taking any fasting or anything, let it be as the Lord is leading the man of God and he has uh, declared it every first, second, and third. If you can take one day, take one day and fast. Or you just feel like fasting. Let us fast. And uh, I wrote here, when 40 days to prepare for his ministry and, for, and to fortify his soul for his confrontation with the devil or Satan. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. After all, that is a sign of mourning or an expression of grief. We must to express our grief. Look at Mordecai. Had hashes and everything when he has to face the main problem that faces him. So if God is leading us to do something, let's do it well by fasting. If you're saying that we should fast, if you're saying that we should pray, let's do it well in Jesus' name. And uh, when next, we, I want us to, that I've written down, and if you have not written down, you can meet me during the week. I'll give you all this so that we can go and study it and you contribute. It's not compulsory that you contribute everything. Just study it and write down about what you know that fasting is for. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I know our time is fast spent, but we'll go through this uh, chapter 59 because it's just uh, something that we can understand quickly. Amen. Chapter 59, sin, confession, and redemption. It's engaged in these three main topics. Sin, confession, and redemption. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear. We quote this on a regular basis. But your iniquities have separated you from God. It's quite clear. Because of our wicked way of life, that's the reason why we pray, 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 and it seems God is not answering. Because of our sins, that's the reason why we pray, 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 and it seems God is not answering. Answering. He said, Your sins have hidden your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. I want you to write Hebrew thirteen verse eight down there against this. It's because of our sins. I said to you three main things here sin, confession, and redemption. He says if we confess our sins, he said it's able and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. The evil attitude or a behavior that makes God not to hear us. So you can see that from verse 3. For your hands are stained with blood. It's self-explanatory. What are the sins that God is talking about in that verse 1 of 59? Hands stained with blood. Your fingers with guilt. Your fingerprints 
Thank God for this nation. Everybody has fingerprints everywhere. So when you are caught somewhere that you are not supposed to belong to, and they look at the fingerprints, if you are an offender, then they catch you easily. But if you are not an offender... So these are some of the things, our fingerprints. Walk not in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of comfort. Your delight should be in God. So your sin of walking in the way of sinners, how can they find a Christian with uh, 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 people that are, are, are cocaine pushers? Such people are not in this church. Amen. So when you join evil groups like that, then God, we seem as if God doesn't hear anymore. Your parents are serving God, but you just decide to just want to do what you like to do. Because this we, we find out among young black uh, boys that are just coming up, that has great vision, great things in their life, that God, uh, great plans of God in their life, but they cannot bring it to be. Because their hands, sometimes, they involve themselves, sit in the seats of mockers, in the way of sinners. Let's read this on a regular basis in our homes. Tell those of us that are raising young ones so that they will know the reason why God will be far away sometimes. Because they've mixed themselves up with evil doers. And one way or the other, the evil attitude has really come upon their lives as well. Why is it that God is not here? And he said, Your lips are spoken falsely. We lie too much. Lie, 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 lie. This should caution us the way we talk. Amen. And think twice before we speak. And your tongue mutter wicked things. Or follow wicked schemes. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They, they rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble and give back to evil. Is that you in the house? For this reason, God doesn't hear again. He's due that is because in school, because all these things that are here, we must read it on a regular basis to all our teenagers. Amen. And to people that are working as well, at the place of work, it's only you that is the mouth speaker. Everybody's quiet, but you want to fight for people's rights. Yeah, God said we should fight for the right of the poor, but He didn't say that you go and argue or go and fight. Because when you do it the wrong way, then. You get into trouble, God will not even hear. Then it seems as God has saved you all these days. Because you are not wise enough. You are not using wisdom. Your mouth doesn't allow you. Your mouth is putting you to trouble. Let's read these things and get caution. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble. And give back to evil. They hatch the egg of vipers. Look at the way it's really compared. Their behavior is likened to the poisonous snakes. Ha! When I read this, fear of God gripped me. Because people call themselves Christians, people that are supposed to sincerely follow God, to act like God, to do like God. But our action, our behavior, our character is likened to snake, to snake, to poison. When a snake will, 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 will stink you here or bite you here, it will, it, will, it will use the corner and everything. I will be pretending, but before you know it, I'll brought out that there. Uh, what do you call that in the game? The 
for, for uh, no, not venom. The the, 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 the that thing that bring out bring out the venom. His fangs or something like that brings it out and just a lot of Christians are like that. People have a, a right course and they're going the right course, but somebody because of envy, because of jealousy, we take them through the path, you know, convince people in the church so that the person will not be able to follow suit with what they're doing. People have their minds, they have their cunning mind on their head in their mind here and that's what he's saying is compare it to a snake you know what you want to do you know the next the next thing to do may god forgive us in the name of jesus you just know it you know there are some weak and uh, they just they're just like that because if i go to mr a or mr b i know that mr a will always give me food and you don't know that there are days that mr a or mr b doesn't have food well, let me speak it forth as uh, God is leading me. You want a lift. And that day, Mr. B has been carrying you on a lift. You can't even say, let me even buy five pounds petrol or ten pounds petrol for you. You just feel it's going to be free all the while. And the day Mr. B said, it's not picking you, it's not taking you. Then Mr. B gets into trouble. Everybody will know. Ah, ordinary car. God will give me my own car too. Ah, may the Lord help you. This, I'm talking about the church. And God comes to ah, God will give us our own cow. Then you go and convince other people to be part of your party. And before you know it, you have come into into your web. You start, you know, if you mention spider web, yes. Start putting people in your web. You know when you get into this web, there is no way to, to get you out. It takes the grace of God to get us out. And for this reason, God is not hearing. God is not hearing. May God help us. Because we might put ourselves into dangerous zones sometimes. And we are working on these dangerous zones. If you are not very careful, it's difficult to come out. I'm talking about, again, you know, recently we been doing the, what, what is this thing called? When they are measuring you now. This is this, this what people used to, to get out of shape and get out of size. Uh, BMI, yes. That thing is very easy. Your BMI, you can, you can wear this size of clothes. You are your BMI, your BMI. That is not what it's meant for. If you are not very careful, you are still looking at BMI. You are not watching your weight. You are not watching what you are eating. Somebody mentioned it some, sometimes. I don't even know. Maybe when we are talking somewhere. You are not watching all these things. Then you are following BMI. BMI gets into trouble. Once you get to that zone, when you're, you're telling you this zone is not good, yeah, the BMI can still allow you to wear this size of clothes. The BMI can still, before you know it, heart is clogging somewhere. Before you know it, things are happening somewhere. You have gone into the web. Ah, they say, this one is not good. We can, I can smooth. Everybody's smoothing now. No. You do the wrong smoothing, you, you land in hospital. Because there are some food that are acidic. You're not supposed to put it inside with, your, with acid. When you mix acidic fruit together, you land in the hospital. So let's be cautious of all these things we are talking about. He talks about another thing, evil uh, attitude or behavior. That's from verse 3, that will cause God not to hear us. He said, they hatch eggs of vipers and spin a spider web. How do we spin spider web? I'm just giving you an example. You put people into your web and you are coiling them. 
before you know you are taking people and people are rebelling, getting to rebel, they will know that you are the real leader. May God help us. Whoever eats their eggs will die. <laughs> and when one is broken, and other, when uh, and when one is broken, and other is hushed. <laughs> their cobwebs are useless for clothing. For clothing. They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their deeds are evil deeds. It's quite straightforward. An act of violence are in their hands. And their feet rush into sin. They are safe to shed innocent blood. You don't need knife. You don't shoot. But your own is more than all these people that shoot on the street of London. They pursue evil schemes. Acts of violence. Mark their ways. The way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their path. They have turned them into crooked roads. No one who walks along them will know peace. That's why the Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. May we not be wicked in Jesus' name. So justice is so is far from us. And righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness. As I was talking about the wicked deeds here, again, for brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind, we grope along the walls, feeling our ways like people without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. This is what happened. In youthful age, we begin to walk like old people. Youthful age, we begin to do wrong, wrong things. Then it's leading us to the grave on time. We all grow like bears. We mourn mournfully like doves. I know this because I can. I, okay, doves has been on the roof of this place. You know? I can talk about that. And this is the lifestyle of... Because before you know it, they are attracting other people into their circle. And they are doing it wrongly. And they, some, some people cannot tell them the truth. They won't join them. They keep quiet. God says some people will be punished as well. We look for justice but find none. For deliverance but it is far away. For offenses are many in our sight. And our sins testify against us. May that not be our portion. Amen. Offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treasuries against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have deceived, as con- telling lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back. And righteousness stand at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty, honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found. And whoever shown evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. And that's the reason why he said, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Surely the arm of God, from verse 1, is too short to save. 
the Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. Goes on as he ends, he said, he saw that there was no one. Hmm. That there's no one that's able to stop the wickedness. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him. And his own right and his own righteousness sustained him. He put unrighteousness on his breastplate. God himself decided to rescue his people by himself. Amen. But eventually you find yourself in this cobweb of Satan that you have been doing all these things. God himself will fight the battle now. Because when God sees that these people are not changing, there is no way for anything to happen. They are still wicked. God said he will come and fight the battle by himself. May God fight our battles in Jesus' name. Because sometimes you put yourself in a little corner there and you put yourself into trouble. God said because he loves us. He has us in his palm. He never sleeps nor slumber because of us. He said he will come and fight the battle by himself. He says here, he puts on, he said, here, he said, he saw, verse 16, that there was no one. No one to stop this wickedness. He's been looking at leaders that he has raised to stop this wickedness. Even the leaders are part of this problem we are talking about. He's looking at his own children to stop this wickedness. The children are part of this thing that we are talking about. So when God looked and there was no one to help, he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. May God use me and you to intervene in, the, in such situations in Jesus' name. Because not to, not to become that thing that God is against. So his own arm achieved salvation for him. And his own righteousness sustained him. He puts on righteousness on his breastplate. I love this. He puts on garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. I see Jesus in the temple now. Turning down the tables of the money changer. I see Jesus occupying the heart of his people by himself. I see Jesus bringing things to become new. All things becoming new. That's what he's saying here. When there was nobody to help. Parents are not able to help. He said by himself he's going to deal with the matter that you have been facing in Jesus' name. According to what they have done, so will he repay. God will punish every wrong. He said, so will he repay wrath to his, to, to, to his enemy. And retribution to his foes. He will repay the island their dues. From the west, people will fear the name of the Lord. And from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a paint of flood, that the breath of the Lord drives along. The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. God is saying that we will fight our, fight our battle for us. Whatever way that you find yourself, maybe any trouble you put yourself. You know, sometimes God looks at the righteousness. He looks at the things that you have sown before, that is the enemy that is trying to. He said, you will fight and bring you out of this trouble. And may God fight our trouble for us. But we must know tonight that God's hand is not too short. 
to do all these things. He started from the beginning of the verse, and that's why he's concluding that his hand is not too short. Even if the enemy wants to take you over, you are God's own child. God has promises concerning you. He has a plan. His plan is to give us hope and a future. And if you, you, you the person is like the enemy is still coming into the matter, God said by himself we come and fight. May God fight our battles. Fight the battle of this church. Fight the battles we face in our homes. Fight the battles we face at our place of work. We pray that God will come to fight our battles. In Jesus' name. Amen. I rest my case here.